0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Back Porch Podcast. I'm Andrew Beam.
1: And I'm Corey Dempsey.
0: So we're doing a, another intro for our episode on the top five songs in hip-hop from 1994. Obviously as, we, obviously, as we mentioned last time, we're doing this in two parts just because the episode was a little long. We want you guys to be able to easily listen to this, unlike maybe some of our other episodes that are like an hour and a half long. But either way, we're joined again by Steve Tyson, also known by his stage name, Elect. And uh, yeah, we're just going to be going over a few more songs. Corey, uh, want to kind of run through with us what we went through on the last episode?
1: Yeah, so in part one, we both revealed our number fives. We talked a little bit about Crooklyn by the Crookland Dodgers. And Steve talked about Flava in the Ear Remix by Craig Mack. And then I also revealed my number four pick, which was I Used to Love Her by Common. Uh, from his album resurrection and we spent the most of the episode just kind of talking about the importance of the year 1994 so you know for that stuff go back to that first episode and take a listen and in this next episode we're going to be revealing the rest of our lists
0: yeah, Steve's going to pick up with his number four. And really, I think what's interesting about the last episode is just a wealth of information. Obviously, I sat back and listened and made dumb comments, but Corey and, and Steve are a wealth of knowledge in terms of everything that went on during 94 and, and hip-hop and just sort of where it was and its evolution. And uh, other thing we want to remind you of, too, is... While, yes, we have Steve on to talk about his music, we also kind of want to promote the fact that the man has a new album coming out, February 13th, uh, Intellectual Property, and he just released a single as well as a pretty dope video for it last week. Uh, His new single is called Degrees, and apparently he's out there shooting another one. So hope you enjoyed the last episode. Hope you enjoyed this episode, and make sure you're starting to listen to Elect, as I I think it's going to be a pretty dope album, so... See you on the other end, guys. Thank you.
1: Uh,
2: So, Steve, hit me. So, my number four. Uh, I chose this song um, because I feel that, one, this artist this is their best song uh i feel that the not only is it this artist's best song like that that shouldn't just automatically include something into a top five but um the producer of the song i feel that it is arguably the hardest beat they ever made i think that the flow on the song is exceptional and if you're really listening to the words, not only are you gonna chuckle and laugh at moments, but you're gonna be like, damn, like this is like, they are rapping, like rapping, rapping. And the ad libs aren't even done by the artist. And so you have just a very, you know, I wouldn't say uh, essentially rookie, another rookie artist just only showing up on the song to do ad libs. And so, and and another, and. Rookie happens to be a legend. So it's just like, uh, became a legend, I should say. And so all of those things in the mix just set the stage for the fact that on top of all of that, it's somebody who has to, by default, for good or bad, carry a torch. um, Because you had, in 1994, is pretty much the end of... Queen Latifah's reign in hip hop, and then you have a few years gap before you get Lil Kim, Foxy Brown, and they set a template for other women in hip hop. No,
1: no.
2: But the at the same time, like you have no like like
0: the while while he's killing me on
2: this, <laughs> <laughs> but while these while these while these women are excellent. At what they do They also help to continue a narrative And I'm not talking about Queen Latifah I'm specifically talking Like like basically after this moment They they continue the narrative of um, You know how sex sells If you're gonna be a woman in this genre Or you have to portray yourself in a certain way And this woman With this song Didn't have to do that And absolutely demolished All of her competition In hip hop So for my number four song, I had to pick uh, Lady of Rage, Afro Puffs.
1: Dude, (laughs) Lady of Rage goes so fucking hard. Yeah,
2: legitimately.
0: (laughs) I, I I did not know anything about her, and now I know. I'm just gonna go and try and listen to everything she ever created. After this, that was hard, dude. That bass line, like again, which is what just kills it on these, on like on these tracks. is just like I don't know. Again, to to another sinister beat. I like that was just so good. That was yeah. so good. Also like, made a Freddie and Jason reference. So good.
2: <laughs> Word. I mean, like it. It's, it's so like it, it. Not only is it. Um, So shout out to Dr. Dre and Daz Dillinger for that beat. But yeah, like, so it's the original version of that. Right, I probably should have picked up on
0: that if I knew anything.
2: (laughs) But like, so there's like the music video had a completely different beat too. And like, I don't think that that version is as hard as this one goes. Um, It's still a great song and it has another dope sample. But this one just like, it blows the doors off your car whenever you're driving down the street. Like it's, it's... It's, it's a banger and that's she's the one I feel from just sitting here like, she
1: is rapping so hard you know
2: <laughs> and I think it,
1: I think it goes to one of those things like that is an absolute monster of a G-Funk beat like, yeah like classic G-Funk beat and so you know with that monster of a beat Lady of Rage better bring it and she does mm-hmm. like so much yeah. that she goes <laughs> really
2: hard on that <laughs> Yeah, I don't think anybody could have done that beat better um, no. than than her. Uh,
0: so, what about it though? Like, I mean, there's so many songs. I mean, I I'd never heard of that before, like that song personally before. So, what for you makes that into your top like as your number
2: four? I think. Well, we'll get to the beat in a second because okay. that 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 is its own conversation. But because I think that I definitely want to lead with Lady of Rage deserves to be in the top five for this song. I mean, like she's. Like as we've just said a few times, rapping her ass off. Yeah, like, the the it's the flow is immaculate. The the um the punchlines are out of control. She's she's really carry like so, like like it's unfortunate that you know there aren't as many women who get the opportunity to showcase their skills and not have to like showcase their bodies before they get to showcase their skills because it's not to say like cause like. You you don't you just don't get that many. Right. Like you get Queen like the big names of Queen Latifa and then who's next as far as the big name, maybe Rhapsody, as right. far as the next big name, and she's just recent. And it's not to say maybe is like not to say that her skills aren't there, it's just far as like, damn, like, but just really who's who's out there? Like, Miss Melody, but she was only with K R S and B D P like and she doesn't have any real classic verses. Like you know so You got the brat. But the brat is a b- and the brat does could has an argument to be in the top five with for functified. functified for sure. That's a great track, please. So, like, the brats wrapping so rapping what ass you're saying is that she's
0: not neither of your top fives. The
2: she, brats functified is yeah. definitely an honorable mention. Definitely, oh, honorable all right. Mention. All right, sorry, I just mind, gave it away. Yeah. No, that's fine. No, it's all good. No, that's totally fine. I mean, yeah, because we're talking, but I like and it's not just to pick one woman for the top no, five oh, right, right, just lady of rage afro puffs. This song is a is the is in the top five songs of nineteen. I'm
0: so happy. I just heard that song.
1: Yeah, I mean I I gotta I gotta point out the flow that she uses in this in the third verse where she's breaking up the world the words and just matching it with that hard beat so much, like you can't get with the rage, then the tough titty. I pity the fool that gets with the lyrical murderer, cause my shit yeah. is rude. But
2: she said, but she goes, you can't, um, um, you can't get with the rage, then tough titty I pity the fool that gets with the lyrical murder My confession is true. Like the, I know fool, I murdered yeah. the flow, but the flow is ridiculous. It's, the yeah. way she it, accentuates, it caught the verses, my attention.
0: Like, I heard tough tit, and I was like, what's this about? And then, and then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, she she absolutely kills it. Like that mm-hmm. that's such a great pick. Mm-hmm. Um I'm really really glad you yeah. included that.
2: My favorite line is um Oh, not only is she like I, I I like a few lines in it, but I think that um the opener is like she's like I rock all with my bad stuff because it's a must. It's the lady of rage still kicking up dust. So uh let me loosen up my bra strap and uh let me boost you with my raw rap. Like it's such a perfect introduction to not only the fact that I'm am I a woman, you know. Yeah. A full-figured woman with some titties out here. Like, let me just loosen this up a bit because I'm about to fucking throw it down on all of y'all. <laughs> and not even just throw it down on y'all, but boost you. Like, you're going to hear this shit and feel fucking amped, energized, like, ready to crush and conquer I, the world. I
1: just crushed you, but now I feel afflicted.
2: <laughs> no, and and I mean, if you're a woman hearing that, though? Yeah, please. absolutely.
1: But and, and that's such an important part of a hip-hop song, especially. I mean, this is Lady of Ra- the Lady of Rage really early on in her career. So... Mm-hmm. You know, one of those big things, right? So one of those big things is that,
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: that's great. You always have to come in with one of those like fire lines to introduce yourself. Like that's a huge trope in rap music. Like mm-hmm. if you're a new MC, you know, you gotta, you gotta announce yourself and what you're about. And that, that line you read is just perfect for mm-hmm. this song and for Lady of Rage and just, you know, that's how you want to introduce yourself it makes you, for sure. It makes you take notice. You're like, oh, okay, all right, let's get into this. And actually, um, as it turns out, that kind of segues nicely into my number three, Here we go. Um, because that was another example of an artist introducing themselves, um, and it's not necessarily in the same way, but the the song is very much in the vein of. Who Am I? What's My Name? by Snoop Dogg, or My Name Is by Eminem, in that the group is using their name in the song to really announce themselves. Um, and so my number three is Thuggish Ruggish Bone by Bone Thugs and Harmony, coming off the Creeping on a Come Up EP. three st- three things that I have to highlight about that song and in terms of breaking it down. The first is Bone Thugs and Harmonies' Flow. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's something that wasn't around a lot at this point in hip-hop. And you know, I took something that Benjamin Meadows Ingram wrote, and it's in the rap yearbook it took the multi-syllabic tongue-twisting flow that had been a staple of the South and Midwest for years and changed it from a gimmick in the eyes of the hip-hop nation into a legitimate style and a cultural and commercial force. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys were the first ones to do that kind of yeah. tongue-twisting. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
2: Yeah.
1: And, you know, so many people then built on that, and that was that was super influential, mm-hmm. and Bone Thugs and Tharmony... Is, in harmony is who started that. And, you know, some people built entire careers off that Twista, Like he, he did that only. And then (laughs) he
2: broke a Guinness book of world records with it. Exactly. And,
1: (laughs) and that doesn't happen without bone thugs and harmony and specifically (laughs) this song, which is their first single. So that is huge. Their flow. Mm -hmm. The second thing is that crazy G funk beat. Yeah. And, that's from DJ Unique and that, that squealing line. Mm-hmm. And the last thing is Shatasha Williams on that fucking chorus and on the outro just wailing it out. Yeah. It's the thuggish, ruggish bone. I could, I could die today, and that's like what's going
0: to be just playing over in my head is I'm going out. Exactly. Yeah. And,
1: you know, when she's Which at I'm the not end, upset about. she's <laughs> just belting it out. And you got the lazy. Mm-hmm.
2: And. <laughs> Like, she goes off. So she I, goes off. I and can't sing. Like, hey, that's for dance. No, sure. <laughs> definitely not. But, you know. Close. Sh-
1: <laughs> she stands out. That beat stands out. Bone Thugs in Harmony and their, their flow and how influential it was, that stands out. Yep. And, you know, all those things in their first single. This is announcing who these guys are. It's like getting a syllabus for this group. Like, mm-hmm. here's everything you need to know about us. hmm and in the lyrics, it's telling you all about them growing up in Cleveland. And, mm-hmm. you know, everything about it is just the perfect, like, you want to know who we are? Here it fucking is. Yeah. And it's it's just perfect. I absolutely adore this song. And yeah. I listen to it constantly, as Beam can attest to. Um, <laughs> Again, not, it's, not it's upset incredible. about it. like Because, yeah,
0: th- that's the one thing. It's like, it's, well, all these beats, like, have obviously, like, you know, the shine of the 90s on it. I can very much distinguish each and every one of them in terms of like what song that is. Mm-hmm. That is one of those beats. So yeah. Steve, because I just haven't heard enough tension whatsoever. Uh, did you? Did do you agree with this in number three?
2: At number three, as at the, all,
0: even in a top five,
2: Thugus shortish bone. I definitely see why he would put it in the Son top of a five, bitch. But I don't agree <laughs> with it being in the top five. No. Can you give me a reason reason, why?
0: Here we go.
2: (laughs) Well, so I think that the reasons with which he supported Bone Thugs and Thuggish Ruggish Bone being his number three are very comparable to the reasons with which I chose my number three. This is fascinating. Um, But like, so not only are your reasons, interestingly, coincidentally similar, but the vibe of the song is also very similar. But completely different region. Uh, it is a group, though.
1: I get the feeling. You know where you're going, and <laughs> yeah. I'm very excited.
2: So uh, before we dive into, you know, the discussion around it, since I had a long preamble for the last one, I'll cut this one mighty short.
0: No, um, no, no. Go with the long preamble. Is there <laughs> is there a long preamble for this one as well?
2: Well, there could be, but the song has a long enough title alone. So just I'm go, just, just go, go with, with what's in your heart. My heart says just to play outcast southern playlistic Cadillac music.
0: Never gone back and listened to the Outcast catalog or like early Outcast, so um, shame on me. Uh, Damn in right, terms of, yeah. <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah. I mean, that's just so good, and just they sound so youthful and maybe Andre a little bit more hopeful, but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's a that's a fantastic track.
2: I mean, I mean, yeah, they, I I chose it just because. So I could have gone with Players Ball. Um, as as what is officially their introduction. Um, I I think that Players' Ball, I would put that in my top five for hip-hop Christmas songs. Um, Because most (laughs) people don't even know that Players' Ball is a Christmas song. (laughs) No, but I'm going to include it now. Can't wait to do that for for my family Christmas. (laughs) right?
0: Putting ornaments on the tree.
2: But no, I wrote it this one just because the groove is undeniable. Uh, It it still outcasts introduction. They followed up this album with their source nomination and made a statement with the south, like grabbing the mic and saying the south got something to say. In the midst of this east coast west coast bullshit, like everybody is media especially hyping all this shit up, and Andre and Big Boy grabbing the mic like nah, like we're here and we got something to say, and they damn sure did. Like they're ripping every verse, the flow is immaculate. The groove is on point, so shout out also to Organized Noise, um, because they created the musical template for not just Outkast, um, but Dungeon Family and Goody Mob, so we wouldn't have CeeLo, we wouldn't have Sleepy Brown, we wouldn't have all these folks if it wasn't for Organized Noise, and, open, and Rico Wade specifically opened up his basement, or his mother's basement, and allowed everybody to come through. And record in the basement and that's why it's the dungeon family for a reason because they were down in that dungeon okay so like that would make sense like (laughs) this song in itself um, I think is just it kind of encapsulates the full like kind of what you said like hope um, as far as not just what their ambitions were musically but just hope as far as like you know we just need something good to ride around these fucked up Atlanta streets and you know to give us something that you know I can can... see
0: myself windows down fucking blasting (laughs) that not caring who's next to me
2: at the light told you this chat this the way you challenged me in this is created my playlist for the summer so this is one of those songs. blasting you know all summer long for sure
1: yeah absolutely and you know I there's two things that I just wanted to point out on this one because you know for me outcasts are absolute legends and it Pained me, not to include them on my list. But one of the things that I've always felt about Ad- Outcast is, you know, while this first album created a beautiful template for them, then they started to experiment and get weirder and weirder. But it always worked. So real weird, you know, but loved it. Honestly, for me, At Aliens and Aquemini are my two favorite Outcast records. Mm-hmm. I, I think they explored something. So interesting, based off this template, and obviously this template is undeniable because mm-hmm. it's what set the stage for not only this but you know Atlanta music and putting the South music on the map. So, you know this album and this this song really are undeniable. But you know uh, for me on a personal level, I kept going back to well, you know if I'm revisiting Outcast albums, I'm always going to ATLians and Aquemini, mm. and but you know. Just you playing that right now, I gotta fucks with this album way more because this holy... F- this album it, exactly, it, it bangs. Play
2: ball, it had Crumble and Herb, which is one of my favorite Outkast songs. It's get Up and up, get, up. get Out? Get Up, Get Up, Please. CeeLo is rapping his ass off on that song. Yeah. Most people think of CeeLo Green is this singing, which he can sing his ass off too, holy but shit, he man. is rapping on Get Up, Get Out. so Yeah, no,
1: absolutely. <laughs> and so, you know, you picking that just now... I, I need to revisit this album more. I got to, <laughs> I got to spend more time with it. And this, this is the starting second to feel thing real is wholesome. the end of that first verse, big boy goes so hard. And I'm not going to try and emulate his flow. I cannot, but he says rolling steady in that caddy, but them 50 bottles got to go. See juice and gin used to be my friend from the beginning. Now I'm just a player sipping sauce every now and then to catch a buzz like a bumblebee. <laughs> big boy. And, you know, I've never, I've actually never gotten the fascination with Andre 3000. Like, obviously I love Andre, Mm -hmm. but why does he always get all the attention and Big Boy gets slept on? (laughs) Because honestly, Big Boy goes so fucking
0: hard all the time. Big
2: Boy, yeah.
0: And his flow is so unique Mm -hmm. too. Like, you know it's Big Boy when he's rapping. But like, it's just the cadences that he hits, but I don't know, like... Hey, I was I'm, so much fucking fun. I'm not so trying
2: I think to diss. <laughs> I, I'm not
1: trying to diss Andre. Andre's incredible, Andre but can like
2: rap, I wouldn't just pigeonhole no, Andre to hey, yeah, no, dude. Yeah. I I'm, I'm <laughs> was just wow. fucking kidding. I'm not hey, gonna do a, that. Hey, he a banger too, though.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. It was. No, no. I, I know. I know that but, he can yeah. rap, but like, I'm more so saying as to like what is sort of like the flashy thing for everyone in terms of like
1: Andre. No,
2: for sure. And it is. It, it is, is also the character thing. in it too. Like Big Boy is definitely, you know. Less Flamboyant character, Or I should say I was gonna say I, 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 that and, and, and too and Which is why so, I said Hey yeah But I wouldn't even say Right now either I would say there was A point in Andre's I don't know Big boy yeah Stepped up his game In terms where, of being flamboyant Well no I would say There's a point in Andre's Career where he was Like definitely Very flamboyant But now Like he's The most
1: he, don't was, see he was
2: him. he was walking around philadelphia all last summer just loot with his flute and everybody i know i didn't um, oh, actually i did see his trailer because he was he was filming something for whatever but like mad people i know were definitely running into him all over the place being like, oh shit what's up andre how you doing he's like good tweet and just go off with his little flute just keep walking up 13th street like it's it, it was just what was happening at like all last summer so like right now andre and that that character is what we remember as andre 3000 like no nah, it's andre benjamin is a quiet actor doing his thing living his life playing his flute and choosing to make music when he wants to
0: no in wow. good form <laughs> How, what what is the decision i mean i guess it's just like fuck it go out in the street and play the flute <laughs> and just walk around
2: and while, I, while you're also in between takes of a you know major oh, okay. television <laughs> shoot so like
0: <laughs> is he on a show now
2: No I don't remember the name of the show but it's okay. on TV I know that
1: yeah for sure I mean outcast you know i'm I'm very glad you picked them because any discussion about 1994 that doesn't include one of their songs no matter what it is is an empty discussion. I always go to, you know, two songs, really. Elevators, Me and You. Mm. That song is always, Mm. always, always. And Spodey Dopalicious Angel, (laughs) which is the most creative and incredible rap song. I mean, it's a spoken poetry poem. Like, it's a spoken poem. And over the most ridiculous
2: brass line.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, man.
2: I I love Outkast. That bass line, too. Yeah. I gotta shout out my homie Alex in college. He used to bump that song so loud. Li- he had speakers that were five feet tall. And he would play so Dopalicious. So Yeah, exactly. No You're <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they were beam-sized speakers, and he had two of them. So if you were had a twin, both of y'all just stand there and just blare spodioti-dopalicious. Like, my freshman year, my doorknob was shaking, and I lived down the hall and around the corner, and my doorknob was shaking from that bass line that song.
1: It It's incredible, and so I'm so glad OutKast is represented on our list because they, they are absolute legends and absolutely fucking incredible. <laughs> um, so... Top two time, and I, I'm guessing we're <laughs> gonna talk about the albums that we've already talked about. Am I wrong?
2: Yeah, I, I would. I would predict that All a right. representation of Illmatic and a representation of Ready to Die will show up in these next four songs. All
1: right, good. So I'm. I'm glad we have that. I don't know if we overlap. Unsure. Um, unsure. So I guess I'll start since I'm up. All My right. number two is a representation of illmatic and you know I have I have four songs that were very strongly in the running mm-hmm. two a little less so two that I really couldn't decide on and I basically just like flipped a coin um <laughs> I didn't actually I, I put some more thought into it than that but I was having a very difficult time So two of them are uh, life's a bitch with AZ mm-hmm.
2: Excellent um song. shout out to AZ his AZ. first
1: recording ever and is that verse that Crazy. verse where he comes in and this is the line he spits visualizing the realism of life in actuality fuck who's the baddest a person's status is dependent on salary Oh, that's first how he introduces line himself ever that is incredible <laughs> and then there's the iconic chorus also rapped by AZ life's a bitch and then you die that's why we get high because you, you never know when, know when you're going to go, go. It's an absolute classic, and literally how I live my life. The fact that that's number four on the list of this album shows you how fucking incredible this album is. The third one that I was considering, um, it ain't hard to tell. It's another cra- classic. His flow is crazy.
2: Shout out to Michael Jackson that Human Nature sample. That too. Human
1: Nature sample, and he, you know, the line I picked out: "Deep like the shine and sparkle like a diamond, sneaking mm-hmm. Uzi on the island in my army jacket lining." Yes. Are you yes. fucking nuts? <laughs> oh my God, not. Yep. And so, at the end of the day, it came down to two songs. Um, New York State of Mind was one of them. I couldn't end up picking that. It goes back to the thing we talked about earlier, where Nas brings you in and shows you that he's a superhero and a genius, (laughs) but he doesn't necessarily allow you to be a part of that, and that's the way I always felt about New York State of Mind. Mm. I don't necessarily feel as strongly about that with my pick, which is The World Is Yours from Mm. Illmatic. Mm. So, I feel like your Nas choice is New York State of Mind. I, I might be wrong. I don't want to step on yours, but I also want to okay. put forth my argument for why the world is yours instead of that. Because, because the challenge of being is what you're waiting for. Well, no, Hold
0: on. I feel <laughs> like you're just, like, all of a sudden being defensive right <laughs> off the bat. I mean, I know he said it wasn't that song, but you're just accusing well, I'm not accusing anything. Not accusing, I'm but assuming. you're assuming. I'm sorry. I
1: am. I am assuming that it's New York State of Mind because I know enough that when it comes to the ilmatic debate, oh, you're just going to use your have, brain over me, okay? Yeah, <laughs> no more. So, in the in the Nas ilmatic debate, it always comes down to these two, these two tracks, you know these two tracks are often held above the rest. And I think rightfully so, because I think they're the two best representations. I think the beats have a lot to do with that. You got Pete Rock on this beat, The World Is Yours. You got DJ Premier on the New York State of Mind beat, two absolute fucking legends. Um, You know, for me, honestly, what it comes down to is The World Is Yours has always felt more inclusive to me. Mm -hmm. And again, it speaks to that piece about, you know, when you're listening to New York State of Mind, he's painting a bleak, you know, albeit accurate picture of his life in Queensbridge. And he's inviting you to come in and take a look at that life. And you can sit there and marvel at what he's had to deal with growing up. And you can marvel at the poetry that he's painting that picture with. But when you're listening to the world is yours you actually feel inspired that you can deal with all the bullshit that life throws at you you know mm-hmm. the world is yours yeah you know and you leave that song feeling good not feeling like whoa Nas is a genius you're like yeah fucking right Nas. thanks thanks for that thanks for that message i, I really appreciate that mm. and it has all the technical nuance and the lyrical flow of mm-hmm. new york state of mind but it has that feel good factor as well and so that's why I had to choose it. And, you know, I have to shout out this line. It's absolutely incredible. Told to the mic, I'm throbbing. Mechanical movement. Understandable smooth shit. The, the murderer's, murderer's movement. The thief's theme, theme. Play me at, they at night, they won't act, act right. right. The fiend of hip-hop got me stuck like a crack pipe. Dude, like, you know, and obviously there are so many Nas lines, and you can go on forever with how incredible that dude is, but, you know, that...
2: That line is just unreal. Yeah, my favorite is the is the opener. Um, I sip the Dom P, watching Gandhi till I'm charged, and then but um and then writing in my, right, and then my the, book the, of the rhymes. rhymes on the words past the margin. Yeah, see, I'm not even looking up the lyrics or shit right now, but like, ultimately though, it's like it, that's my favorite because when I first heard that, not only so like I I love the world is yours because. And and it's just like that with a lot of Nas songs, but you can really see that. Like when I was a kid and I first heard that and then like talking about him writing words past the margin, it was like like you like not only is it just like as a kid I was doing that a lot because my teachers would be like, Stay follow that red line. Yeah, red line. <laughs> Which that fucking was on the, why? Yeah, fuck the red line. <laughs> fuck the margins. Uh but so Stop then so hearing him in. say that, being like, you know, writing all my words past the margin, it was like like, yeah, fuck these bullshit rules like and then also i have so much to say i'm gonna bust past whatever these figments of your imagination are like i love that line i think it's a phenomenal opener it's one of my favorite lines of all time um and so i, I understand why you know ultimately you would make this your choice for your number two and i and for me I, I think that i i flip flop a lot I'm, I'm like you know is it Uh, the world is yours. Is it New York State of Mind? Um, is it Can't Hard to Tell? Is it Represent? Is it Life's a Bitch? So, I think that though this like is easily a song that could be number two in my top five, I didn't choose it as my top five in my top five, and I did choose my number two, um. for some reasons that also lead to, like, why the fact that you, the, the, the moment that the world is yours ends, the first thing that comes out of your mouth is New York State of Mind. <laughs> so that alone is one of the reasons why I chose uh, New York State of Mind as my number two. And I agree with him. <laughs> I think that DJ Premier on the be- First of all, DJ Premier needed to be in the top five. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was no gang star representation I had. And that alone, that doesn't make this then... I, I, it, it adds to the argument as to why it's over. The world is the yours. The world is yours. So, ultimately though, I think that it's the quintessential boom bap hip hop record. Yep. Uh, I think that It represents New York, and New York needs to be represented as the birthplace of hip-hop. I think that Nas absolutely demolishes this beat, uh, and he paints a picture that is gritty and raw and an authentic Polaroid snapshot of his life in New York in 1994 and many people's lives in New York in 1994 and on top of all of that, he was not even 19 when he recorded it. was 19 when the album dropped. He wasn't even 19 when he recorded this song. And when he recorded it, he recorded it in one take. Yeah. And the one take they recorded it is the take that's on the album and the take that we're about to hear. So for those reasons and other conversation points that we'll have <laughs> after the song ends. I chose New York State of Mind as my number two. Nice.
1: So New York State of Mind. Break it down for us a little more. I know, you know, I... I can't disagree. Um, you know, like I said, you know, the world is yours is just a personal choice for mm-hmm. me.
2: Um, of course, and it's an excellent choice. Yeah,
1: and th- again, New York State of Mind. Like I went back and forth myself, and I couldn't decide. So you know, why break it, break it down for us a little more? What what is it about New York State of Mind? What what are the lines, the beat, what whatever? It's
2: the story. It's the story. It's the, well, so it's every, I mean, it's honestly everything. I I think it is the if you. I think that if there were somebody to land on this planet who had never heard music before and you were to say and, and and they were just, I don't know, for some reason they land on this planet and for some reason they have the question of what is hip hop, I would play this song. It has the, it, not only is it just the traditional quote unquote, the boom bap Type feel, mm-hmm. but it's an immaculate sample of other le- like Eric B. Like, well, that's not Eric B, but it is an Eric B and Rakim song. But Rakim's vocals are sampled in the hook, you know. Shout out to you know that, yeah, mm-hmm. production style we talked about earlier as far as using other songs and other vocals as far as creating the, the lyrics within the hook. Um, but the flow is immaculate, the lyrics are on point, like. Um, a, like a smooth criminal on beat breaks. Never put me in your box if the shit eats tapes. Like- Dude,
0: that that <laughs> line makes me like that makes me stand in at attention. I love that line.
1: I mean, I never sleep because sleep is the cousin of death. Beyond the walls of intelligence, life is designed to think of crime when I'm in a New York state of mind. And I know that's like that's the mission sleep statement the of the song. Sleep is the cousin of death. Is just yep. like.
2: Yeah. yeah, it's heavy yeah. and it's
1: it's brilliant. It's only right
2: that I was born to use mics. Like he's he's completely int- it, it's not only a capture or a snapshot of New York at this time period, but he's also he's the whole album himself. is introducing himself. The whole album is an introduction. That's why his is childhood why photo is, is on the cover of the album of the block that he grew up on. It's like it's it, this is the introduction, and so if you want to know where this genius's state of mind came from and the things that ultimately birthed that you're going to want to listen to this song. And then not only is it just a representation of this genius, but just of anybody who's coming up in these circumstances who has the wherewithal to convey their experience through a microphone in a rhythmic manner over classic music that are repurposed by other folks in the community because I mean, it's really the communities. Other New- DJ Premier is just another New York. Well, I don't know if he. Well, he moved to New York and became a New Yorker, and ultimately is like you know, was leaned on. Pete Rock is another person of the community. Like, like we think about you know, there's these borough beefs that were going on between the Bronx and Queens, mm-hmm. and Brooklyn is on its own island, just shutting shit down but at the same time these are just boroughs within one city and it's all this it's all the community and so you have everybody you know incubating this culture and this New York state of mind created everything that we're listening to now even if it's people who are creating it in Paris or in Beijing or in you know Sydney Australia it doesn't matter where you are like you're creating hip hop and you're doing it in a way that, regardless of what you're doing, it's it all roads lead back to New York. um, and so like this song is just if 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 all roads hip hop lead back to New York, then this is that New York anthem, well,
0: dude, just like what you were saying too, like before he even comes in, it just you're like, all right, this sounds like New York.
2: mhm- yeah, it sounds like you're on a you train. already have the imagery to it. It yeah. sounds like you yeah, like yeah. If you feel like you're riding just the like when and that's and it's you know shout out to just the other american musical art form pretty much every american musical art form is created by black folk but you know in jazz too because you have like whether it's songs that are on the nose like take the a train but then other songs where you just feel like you know and 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 thinking about how a lot of Jazz musicians and especially black men in the 20th century, in the early 20th century especially, were Pullman Porters. One of the few jobs you could get as a black man. And as a Pullman Porter, you're on the train all day, all week, all month long, Mm -hmm. traveling around the country serving people. And so you're hearing that clack, 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 feeling that train. And so you're going to get that type of energy in a lot of jazz then you'd have a DJ like DJ Premier who then is taking these jazz records and sampling them and putting them in songs that are representative of New York and you're still going to feel some of those same elements and it's also you know thinking about like unknown or unintentional easter eggs like that. that's one right there too that's another one right there where you're you know where you have this the, the importance of the train line um, in the black community whether it's physical like the Pullman Porter or like the one two three four five six A B C you know trains in New York, or the metaphorical trains like the Underground Railroad, etc. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's so yeah New York State of Mind without question is my number two.
0: Yeah. So there's one thing I want to bring up, and I feel like we got a cop to it, or at least I feel guilty now talking about Nas and praising him in the way that we have. 2012 Governor's Ball, he was performing. We walked away, like y'all fucked up mid set.
2: Y'all double fucked up. Yeah, y'all just so now, wait. No, wait. You made it just only fucked up once, but you fucked up and then mid set disrespected. So damn, it's it was even worse. <laughs> I just I
0: feel like I gotta own up to it.
2: <laughs> I mean, at least you're air, you're airing out your uh your your, your transgressions publicly. So exactly,
0: <laughs> what, Why did we do that? Was it? It, it was the end of the night. Plus, it was the end of a long day. It was unfortunate, too, because Guns N' Roses was going on in the next stage. We did not go to Guns N' Roses. That did not happen. But, like, Nas is, like, trying to do his thing, and just, like, fireworks are fucking going off on the next side. And it's just like, well, what are you going to do with that?
1: It just wasn't the right environment for it. I mean, I'm not. It was a bad setting. I'm not going to say we shouldn't have stayed, and we should have. But, you know, there are reasons. They probably aren't good reasons, <laughs> but there are reasons.
2: Yeah, I would say my favorite Nas concert moment was uh, on the Brooklyn waterfront. It was him and Damian Marley for the Distant Relatives tour. Uh-huh. That was one of the best concerts I've ever been to. That collaboration um, in but general. That album was mm. one of that album is that was very good. Is one of my favorite albums ever. Uh, but just that 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 was that was definitely one of the best experiences and best performances I've ever seen. I'm yeah. still
0: pissed. I didn't come back from Kingston for the uh, the Illmatic anniversary tour. The documentary, everything.
2: You're just dropping the ball all over the place. Yeah, I was. Hey,
0: I was working uh, an hour away, living well, ho- there.
2: Hopefully, tours will be a thing at some point in the future. And, Don't uh, fucking bring that <laughs> here. You can <laughs> and you can see the Illmatic 30th anniversary. Hopefully. <laughs> so
0: I'm really excited for this because. What it's all right, so it's Biggie, but it's biggie.
2: I mean it's <laughs> it's. Yeah, <laughs> and Christopher like, Wallace is definitely the number one song. Um, I, I imagine
1: th- ours are different. I don't know I that don't for know. sure. I, I what I if they're not the same? I almost are they? Want, yeah, probably. I almost want all them right. to
2: be the same at this point. Well, I mean, just fuck it. All right, so the the top song of 1994. To have you both be the same. It would, it, I, in all likelihood, it would be the same. So, I think so wait,
0: it,
1: are you going to be disappointed if it's not the same?
2: I would be surprised. I don't know about disappointed, okay. but I'd be surprised.
1: All right, well, in my opinion, and I'll get into why after we announce it and play it, but for wait, me, can you guys both say it at the same time? Well, <laughs> I don't think we're going to be super cute about it like that, but... The top song of 1994, the top hip-hop song of 1994, actually just the best song of 1994. We don't have to put any qualifier in there. The Notorious B.I.G., Juicy. Damn right.
0: (laughs) So I can't tell if that was anticlimactic or a a perfect ending to... To this list.
1: Well, honestly, I think it's the perfect ending, and I think that what just happened when we played that song speaks to why it's the best song of 1994. I Definitely. mean, Steve and I just sat here and rapped every <laughs> single line of "Juicy." That is true. You guys it felt did... good, like and it, it felt great. Felt
2: like you it... feel so good rapping that song. Like it, it is the quintessential rags to riches yeah. story. It, it's it's it, it like. As was well, big call Ashy the classy Like it, 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 Birthdays were the
0: worst days Now it we sip ship, Now
2: we sip champagne When we thirsty That's
0: Like that to me Is like the most That's emblematic. Line. That's such there's, a good line like,
2: There's like It's, it's uh, like We used to fuss When the landlord dissed us No heat Wonder why Christmas missed us Birthdays was the worst days Now we sip champagne When we thirsty Is that line And then it's the Super Nintendo Sega Genesis When well, I, was I was dead broke but, man, man I, couldn't I couldn't picture this, this. Mm. When I, Like First of all I was nine when I heard that, so I was actively pining for, can I please have the Super Nintendo and the <laughs> Sega Genesis? I didn't get them. Never had it. <laughs> but you know, like, you know, it, it hit home, because I'm like, here's, right. you know, to me, here's this grown man also being like, you know, that was a, f- a f- far-on dream to even afford a Super Nintendo. Right, right. And here we are. Whenever I just feel a little parched, I can pop open Well, I guess <laughs> when at that time it would have been Moet and Shandon like, you know, as opposed to like Cristal or whatever, but, <laughs> <laughs> or now Ace of Spades, but yeah, I mean, it, 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 you know, it, it's the, I, for me, it's the quintessential Rags to Riches story.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I think that, you know, there's a, there's a couple things here, you know, I think a lot of, you know, real real hardcore hip hop fans would be like oh juicy that's such a safe pick and mm-hmm. you know in that way there is a discussion to be had about how many amazing tracks are on that ready to die album you know you got things done changed give me the loop everyday struggle mm-hmm. it's an absolute murders row and you know i would say you know big papa i can't believe i didn't just mention that but yeah. you know All these songs and a lot of these songs, you could argue that as far as a rapping performance as an MC lyrically, those are better. So what is it about juicy that elevates it? And, and you know, all those songs that I just listened are incredible. Give Mm -hmm. me the loot is one of the best story tracks I've Mm -hmm. ever heard.
2: So So what is it about? Everyday struggle too. Yeah. Everyday struggle as well. And so, so everyday struggle and Juicy were the were my was my struggle for what's the number one song I uh, hear you chuckling over there Beam. well yeah because it's just like I don't know it's not my fault he didn't song everyday struggle I know right? like, I struggled too shit so why can't I, I, I why can't I laugh at a
0: pun that's all I'm trying to understand because my <laughs> retort was going to be did you struggle about it everyday day yeah every day every day since Corey
2: tasked me with this absolutely but um yeah no so like i think that what made juicy my number one pick though as opposed to things Don't change their everyday struggle or big papa was the fact that it is so like and and it feels like i might have said this for some other songs too but it is the it became a template for like like Biggie's whole career really became the template for that flashy not not necessarily mafioso but definitely like the the the, the riches of oh, shit I got type. this now like what? <laughs> well oh, no saying, yeah I like I bet you just yeah. discovered something else you've been no, 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 no. this whole conversation so no, no no no
0: <laughs> it's more so where it's like where him just like him just talking about it now where it's like yeah, yeah oh okay now I got
2: this. Yeah but well but And so like, so Everyday Struggle, that was very close to being my number one because not only is he lyrically going off, but he he holds an entire narrative of a damn near true story of whenever he, you know, so like we talk about this rags to riches and juicy, but what are the rags? And so Everyday Struggle is a full on story of one example of that of the rags life. There we we don't really get the riches story until the life after death album, but the but this is I think is the one song and maybe next up would be Big Papa as far as songs that could bridge the where I was and what my life's experience has been and where I want to be because every like things done changed is. An honest observation When you're looking around And you're like Shit like First of all He's talking about his mother Having cancer Shit my mama got cancer In her breast Don't ask me why I'm motherfucking stressed Things Mm -hmm. done changed Like he's like He's talking about real shit But then he's also like Looking at the streets Because the streets Is a short stop Either you're slinging crack rock Or you got a wicked jump shot Like honest assessments Of what's going around Right And so those which makes things then change and an argument for it or everyday struggle uh, when he's talking about, you know, go, like basically moving weight down south and how he, his people's lost their lives in that. Um, you know, I heard Tech got murdered in the town. I never heard of by some bitch in Alberta over nickel plated burners. Like ill ass rhymes Incredible. That, that tell the story and, it's, and, and they could have easily been my number one, but With Juicy, it has that story, but it also has the hope of what could be. And then to your point around uh, um, why you chose Nas's um, The World Is Yours, with Juicy, it's a song that if you're living in Bangladesh in 1995, you can hear Juicy and go, God damn, maybe I could get the fuck to, out of this or maybe not out of this because you know, I'm not to just pigeonhole all of Bangladesh, but you know, but you know, whatever your situation is, wherever you are in the world, you can visualize getting yourself to a better place. And I think that juicy does that more so than some of the other, most of the other tracks on the album as immaculate and, and exceptional as the other tracks are.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, one of the things that you touched on a little bit is how it transcends so many different things you know the track of juicy is at once the song that took hip-hop into the pop realm you know Mm. juicy is what made hip-hop what it is today not that song alone but that song is what really propelled it towards that you know what other song can you go to a party Anytime, Mm -hmm. anywhere, and have every single person rap every single line. Juicy is that song. I feel like I should be on a fucking yacht, like just like cruising around when I'm listening to that song. You can be anytime, anywhere. Is that in the music video? Is that why? No. No, No, he's chilling
2: on the front step in Brooklyn. Yeah.
1: And, you know, the other thing that it does is at once it's this song where it is a pop song and you can turn your brain off and just enjoy it on a surface level. But at the same time, the complexity of it is when you start to dig deeper, Juicy is about real shit, Mm -hmm. just like Things Unchanges. And, you know, I don't know if any song has ever painted a more clear picture of what it means to be disenfranchised, what it means to have anxiety about a sudden fame that you've got. Yeah. So, you know, the line that I picked out is living life without fear, putting five carrots in my baby girl's ear, lunches, brunches, interviews, interviews by, by the, the pool, pool considered, considered a fool. Cause, cause I dropped out, out of high school, school stereotypes of, of a black, black male misunderstood. misunderstood. And it's, and it's, still, it's still all, all good. good. No. And it's so <laughs> incredible that, you know, okay, yes, this is a party track and yes, it is. But it's also about being disenfranchised yeah. and how, You know, all these things that I used to have to deal with, I don't have to deal with them anymore, but, you know, I do have to worry about it all crumbling down. I have to worry about what my mother thinks about Mm -hmm, me. mm -hmm. I have to worry about all the homies back in the hood thinking I lost sight of them. So, you know, you can still call me same number, same hood. It's all good. Mm -hmm, So, mm -hmm. you know, all these things that he's conveying in this song that is on the one hand, just this party track, but look deeper and it's about so much more. And you know, that is what the best songs do. Mm -hmm. You know, the best songs are those that work on multiple levels. The ones that, yes, you can turn your brain off and listen to this and it works that way. Mm -hmm. You can look deeper and it works that way. And I think juicy is one of the quintessential examples of that.
0: See, I always see, and I have no idea if that's intentional where it's like with something like that, that the purpose of say making a party track with something so serious is meant to almost like mask it or like you know, almost
1: force you to listen to it a
0: little bit deeper.
1: Kind no, of and thing. I think it is. I think that you know, if we mask it in this pop song, if we take this very serious lyrical exploration and we wrap it in this pop song, yep, you know, and you
2: give the medicine and the candy, exactly. Oh, no, yeah, and yeah. and that's what's going to make people listen to it's it. It's like how and I give
0: medication to my dog in peanut butter. Mm-hmm.
2: That's how you got to feed the masses. Exactly.
1: And, you know, it makes but people understand. Is that and beat I is think awesome. that one of the things that Biggie does, and I, I, I said this a little bit before, like, you know exactly what Big's talking about, even if you don't know exactly what he's talking mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what it's like to be disenfranchised and black but I know what it's like to have people underestimate you and feel like great I can stick it in this person's eye now because I showed them right and so he conveys all these things that I know nothing about mm-hmm. but I can understand mm-hmm. and so he builds empathy through his music and juicy is the finest example of that yeah. it's it's beautiful mm-hmm. in that way
2: I totally agree I totally agree and then it, it, we also got to acknowledge the music too um, yeah I mean, got to shout out Diddy I mean, I don't know. Can't, can't I don't. Just, I don't hate
0: Diddy, but like, it's just kind of funny to just bring it up every now and again.
2: I mean, you know, Diddy and the Hitman, they make they make hits, and they also before you know, so like, you get folks who get known for something as far as what they've done in production. So you have DJ Premier and cutting and scratching and and layering other vocals as far as the hook. You have Kanye West when he came on and was doing the soul samples and pitching right. them up with the Chipmunk voice and then you have um, essentially Diddy with taking 70s tracks and leaving them more or less untouched as far as like the, the, the backbone and the essence of those songs and then, and just, then just, bring just put some, it up, some drums on it bring, yep, throw some drums on it and then find exceptional MCs and having them rap all over the song and a couple other producers too who will put whatever they need on it too and it's like, and and you get songs like Juicy, you get songs like Big Papa, where it's right. really just so. For Juicy, it's Mtume's Juicy Fruit. For Big Papa, it's Ozzy Brothers Between the Sheets, and it's mm-hmm. repurposing and and giving new life to these classic songs. Like Juicy Fruit was a hit of its own. Ozzy Brothers Between the Sheets is a hit. Put that on right now, and you and the wife are gonna go. You know, <laughs> shut the door. Like, and so like. It is and, and so you and have, played dominoes. And played well, you know, whatever y'all choose to do behind the door is your own business. I was being literal. <laughs> but nonetheless, like, you know, you have, you know, Diddy Diddy is more than just the ad lib guy or the producer that's all in the videos. No,
0: um, I know he's more than that. But <laughs> like I don't know. It's it I I I think it's just because of where things have gone with Diddy where and I know he's done so much more than you know, the other stuff I've seen, but sometimes it just feels like a caricature of what Diddy was. But mm. however, I think like something like the stuff that he starts with revolt, the platform that he created there, you know, I think that, that uh, at least mainstream wise, like that's just, it, it's not brought up enough in terms of that and just terms of what he's done there. But then you just look at all the other shit that Diddy's done and you're just like, Oh God, like it, I, it, there's just some things that I do find about him that are super goofy but i can't take away what the impact that he has had on hip hop
2: mhm yeah no he, he's he's there's a reason so why like, he
0: gets like satirized and like and what in what have you course, but yeah of course yeah absolutely but uh but no a, a, again a, a track like that just a beat like that can't take that away from him you can't it, it's it's the reason He's credited as bringing it sort of into the mainstream a lot in in a lot of different Mm -hmm. ways, too. So,
2: and to your point around like this kind of like re energizing, it it felt like you know, this song was like you know, the Jordan for the NBA. Like, if without Michael Jordan, the NBA, I thought
0: we were talking about LeBron. (laughs)
2: well without Jordan well without Jordan you know the NBA definitely would have been long struggling um right 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 also without Magic and Bird but nonetheless you know you have you know Biggie and Juicy is definitely like you know an MJ for the music industry as far as it becoming what everybody aspired to do yeah um it opened all the doors yep
1: um it's it's an absolutely massive track and you know i i did struggle with it but i couldn't pick any other song mm-hmm. like i i just i couldn't feel right about it um in doing this
2: list yep same yeah same
0: so the one thing i'm oh, I'm, I'm a little bit curious about too and i know this is such a dumb it can be a really dumb question but thinking about biggie in particular just kind of hanging on just in terms of what he did and sort of what he brought in terms as a as an mc um it sounds super dumb but like just in terms of what you know someone like kendrick and what he's able to do and the storytelling that he's able to convey in a lot of his tracks and the way that biggie's able to do it in, in his way you know that was him just fucking starting out that was like you know like he didn't go very far he couldn't I like that's one of the things like and I know and I know it gets yeah, talked it about all the time. Year career exactly, and, and it's just like imagine his evolution in particular. Mm-hmm. What it could, have what been. that could have been, like I mean, I, I feel like it would have altered what we would have heard just in terms of whatever would have been the trend during you know all these different eras. But like Without he questions. was, he was doing shit. I feel like now, and I could again. This is me not doing any research and not knowing as much, but like. I feel like he's doing shit then what people are finally kind of doing now in terms of, like, storytelling and hip-hop. And I'm sure there are other examples, but, like, there's a different way that he's able to do it and way he's
2: able to convey it. So it's like, it, it's almost like when Big and Pac died, that was 96 and 97. Mm-hmm. It was September 96 and March 97. You have then, like, like, so not only do you have this void of what they could have done in their own right, but then you think about the paths that they were creating and then the wake behind it. So, like, you have Tupac with this social, progressive, militant narrative that also then to some extent gets polluted by violence and this... Beyond what his uh, definition of thug and gangster was, this very literal gangster life with, with Death Row Records and everything that Suge Knight and the energy that that was around him, like it ends up clouding somebody who could, who had plans of creating a political party just four years after he had died. It was his, one of his goals, in addition to creating a restaurant. Uh, for promoting healthy eating in the community, like things that people are doing in 2010, 11, 2018, 2020, and beyond. He was putting the seeds in in the 90s and talking about how we need a third major political party and it can't be these dichotomy of Democrats and Republicans and then every now and again we'll get a green party candidate but we need a legitimate third party and he wanted to be a person to step up and do that he would have been the rapper running for president before we got a rapper running for president now and mm-hmm. he didn't live for that he didn't he didn't er, not, not, he he did live for that but he didn't live to see that happen right and so all of that is then lost and then you have big who in his wake and of the his legacy before his untimely passing is the rags to riches example um and in that and and getting killed as the moment in the in the moments of him finally starting to feel what the riches are like it then leaves this void of almost as though like is is this then the, the 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 type of story i'm supposed to tell or maybe i'm like be and beyond just once i get past like the rags part then i'm just only going to talk about what it's like now like we, like at, like it feels like big created a a almost a character for which once he passed, everybody was able to step in and be like, "Well, shit, when I'm thirsty, I'm I'm popping champagne too, and and I got fifty inch screens, and I'm cruising on yachts, and I, I'm doing all that shit too." Like people weren't really talking like that before Big, and the fact that he was also very intentional in because he also on his rhymes talked about, "I'm fat, black, and ugly as ever." Like the fact that you have a overweight black man as a sex symbol in America who was just three years prior selling crack and getting arrested and getting kicked out of his mom's house as she's dealing with cancer like it it's like holy shit anybody can really do it and maybe this is what I have to maybe, maybe this is how I'm rapping and so like so it creates this whole basically genre of rap that's About you know successes and riches and fame and the aspiration of such and so it's like with both of them then gone it's like That's it feels like the even more so that's where hip-hop went it went into this Lane of I have a whole lot of shit going on in my life, and I'm angry as fuck about it and I'm living in the street or maybe not living in the streets, but I'm in these streets and like, what the fuck is going on? Like, like, how can I express that? I'm pissed off, and I'm angry as fuck, and this is what's going on in my hood, and you have this pock angle. And then you have, man, my whole situation is fucked up. I hate where the fuck I'm at, but goddamn, I can't wait to get my mom a mink coat and a brand new house, and I can't wait to fucking have eight cars in the garage and shit, and put da- diamonds in my daughter's ear and shit like that, and that's the big lane. And so it's like, so and it feels like from that, there has... Been the necessity of time in order for other artists to then create either new lanes for people to step into, or just recrafting the void that those two left. And so you can get somebody like Kendrick who has the same anger and 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 you know it's tangible real. yeah that that Pac had, and at the same time can talk about. The, the successes in life and the fact that he's doing cartwheels in his estate, you know, on, on <laughs> DNA, and, and, and so like you get a best of both worlds in that right now, and so like you wouldn't have that without these folks, and so unfortunately, Pac didn't release the album in '94, he would have been in my top five, absolutely, and so with without that, then you know we definitely have Big in his introduction, um, and so Juicy, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's 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 damn sure there, and, and I think. I mean, I know it's so cliché to just like
0: think about that or just like posit that thought, but it's mm-hmm. just like I don't know. <clears throat> and I'm not saying like obviously Pac-Man do it, but they, like just when we're we're here talking about Biggie, we're just to think like to imagine where he could have gone. To be fair, he could have just flopped like the rest of a lot of people do. But like life after death was fucking dope. Yes, Big- but, like so Biggie, it's Biggie just would like- never
2: have flopped. No. He, but then, like the fact that but his, you know
0: what I mean. Like there's just that there you run that risk when you go long this enough. Is like,
2: this is his introduction. I know. <laughs> How much better he would have. But then he followed. No, I mean, he, he followed it up, and it was like okay. The same. I know. Would have.
1: He would have. You know, I think what you were mentioning before. Jay Z is who stepped in and filled the Biggie void. You know and. What we can imagine. Dude, I, and I
0: think of for some reason. I think of Jay Z when I listen to Juicy, almost in a way. Hmm. And it's just it's it's more just sort of like that sort of influential. That's why I felt like the yacht thing too, where it's just like well, like that, I know I mean, it's that's a serious. Big, that's song. big pimping, right? Mm-hmm. No, exactly. Like all
1: these things that Steve was talking about in that—that's exactly what Jay Z did. Mm-hmm. And yep. all of that was laid out by the Biggie blueprint. You know, there's reasonable doubt. An absolutely incredible debut. Reasonable doubt is flawless and then it evolves and he starts talking about all these different things. Hard Knock Life is a brilliant brilliant song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Big Pimpin is incredible. There's all this stuff on, you know, The Lifes and Times of S. Doc Carter. Mm-hmm. The Black Album is a mid-career legendary album and all these things, you know, you could just look at that and that's what Big would have been. Yeah. You know, he would have followed a similar career trajectory. I don't know about the late stuff with the business and the Rockefeller mm-hmm. Records. I don't mm-hmm. know if that was really Christopher Wallace's game. But you know, as far as a rap career goes, look at what Jay Z did. Yeah. That's what we missed. Yep. We missed an absolute legend, fulfilling all that, and it's 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 so sad. And it really is. You know, I I miss what we missed from Christopher Wallace. Mm-hmm. Like I want to know what that's like. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think the Biggie duets. Are particularly good hell no but i, I mean, visit a couple still, bangers on there i still visit and, them just to know like i want to hear more from him i want yeah. to spend more time with yeah. christopher Wallace or the because,
2: born, Ag- born was It born again album yeah. like it's like you know dead wrong is a classic but also it's mm. a big verse that is before you know like it, it, you don't hear his evolution it's almost like you're, you're hearing things that he le- He intentionally or unintentionally left on the cutting room floor. Right, And so it's just like, it, it's good, but it's also like, damn, I want to hear where you would have been.
1: Exactly. I want to hear where you evolved like to. Like Biggie
2: in 2002. <laughs> it's just five years after he died. Yeah. Biggie in 2002, what do we, Biggie over a Pharrell beat. Dude. Yeah. Once Pharrell and Imagine Biggie rapping over Pharrell's Beautiful.
1: Imagine be Biggie crazy. collaborating with Kanye. <laughs> early it. Kanye. Mm-hmm. Imagine Biggie getting on that. It it's we miss we missed out on so much. Yeah. And you know, that's nothing to say of the people actually in his life and what they missed, but like we as a people missed out because Biggie passed. We we missed out because Tupac passed. Like all yep. of those things, like they left such a void because they were such important artists. And over just
0: some absolutely dumb shit. It's just like it but like it's just
1: I, yeah, yeah,
0: I mean, it's just it's it sucks. Yeah, I I hate it, but yeah, I I, I don't want to go down that cliche route of like doing that, like well, what if? But I I feel like the way we're talking about him reading these lyrics, hearing that song is just like shit. All right.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, Steve, I, we got to get out of here because we are,
2: whew lengthy, it was a lengthy episode. Indeed. I don't
1: think you couldn't, or I don't think you could,
0: like not like just go ahead and not talk about it for this long. Agreed. Hell no, I, I,
2: was, I was excited to talk for a few hours.
1: Same. Um Before we go, couple honorable mentions. Mm, right, yeah, you guys had those. Honorable now that we mentions. just, you know, we, we can't talk too long about them. But what do you need to shout out that you were unfortunately you left on the cutting room floor?
2: Well, we we have talked about some of them already, which is good. Um, so, so everyday struggle, things Done not change. The world is yours. Um, gang stars, mass appeal, the brass funkified, things like that. But I would say the first one I would probably mention would be UGK front back side to side. Mm-hmm. Uh, as my honorable mention, I, I think that you know it, they just put Houston on the map. Like if if you've never ridden in a slab. It feels like you're riding in one when you got that track on. Uh, Big L's Put It On is another track I think is an honorable mention. I think Big L is another person that unfortunately died before their prime. Uh, he was about to get signed to Rockefeller Records, uh, uh-huh. but unfortunately, case of mistaken identity, ended up having to lose his life. Um, so we, we were never really uh, able to get to see what Big L could have given us. Um, and I think that another one could probably be uh Fuji's Nappy Heads remix. Um and then I guess my last one or two would be Method Man's Bring the Pain. Uh and I would have to go with Method Man, fucking love him. Uh Gangstars Dwight. <laughs> okay.
1: That's that's a that's a hell of a list. All things great that we're left off. I have four actually that I want to add to that. Um, actually, sorry, five word life by OC. I love OC so much. Yeah. Um, he flew under the radar a lot, but word life is one of my favorite albums. And that t- titular track is incredible. Um, Take you there by Pete rock and CL smooth. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't pete Rox and cl smooth's best work that would be they reminisce over you and that song is an absolutely legendary track but i love what they create together and take you there has such an airy vibe um you know it takes you just on a cloud uh Mm -hmm. regulate featuring nate Dogg. yeah i I, I meant
2: to say that vulnerable mention thank you for bringing that one up it's damn it's undeniable
1: um as far as a G Funk song, oh as far God. as Nate Dog. Um, Nate Dog. Jesus. Woo-hoo! Um, Sabotage by the Beastie Boys is an absolutely incredible track. And the last one is and this is this is my first one out. You know, when I had to decide between Kirkland Dodgers and this one, mm-hmm. this is what I left out. It's I Seen a Man Die by Scarface. Scarface, yeah. Um <laughs> you know, those are all absolutely legendary tracks. You know, what we're gonna do is we are going to put All of these songs, honorable mentions, our top fives, pretty much any song we mentioned in this, we're going to put it in a playlist. We're going to post it on our website so that you can go visit and, you know, follow along as we're as we're talking through these tracks. Assuming
0: it's on Spotify and I'll finally download Spotify. (laughs) I'll put one up on Tidal for you all, too.
1: Exactly. So we'll 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 have those tracks up for you so you can follow along and listen to those. Um, Also got a shout out real quick. Heavy D and the boys. Nothing but love. Yeah. Rest in peace, Heavy D. Yeah um so yeah that's that's it for this episode like
0: we said this is i got i got one oh sorry last question and i know and then this is probably also cliche cliche question but i do i do i am a little curious are we going to experience something like the level of competition the level of hunger that's sort of just involved and just the way like these powerful introductions are we going to see something like that again or is it just the proliferation of the internet that just
2: sort of keeps us or holds us back from that no we're damn sure gonna see that again yeah we're damn sure gonna see it again because i'm bringing it on my next album there we <laughs> fucking
0: go all right that's a good answer yeah. i think we'll just end on that shit um <laughs> yeah. uh, wait when i mean so where where are we at with that what are you willing to say about that
2: it's mostly recorded okay yeah a few tracks will drop later this summer Ooh. at least one or two Very excited. It's not like
0: any motherfuckers are leaving your house, so you're gonna (laughs) do it anyways. (laughs) Plenty of time to listen.
2: Drop this
1: year though. (laughs) Sweet. All right. Well, thank you, Steve. This was this was awesome, outstanding. Thank you for bringing so much knowledge. Thanks for having me, y'all. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course, man. You you definitely elevated this conversation. I look forward again. This is gonna be a series. We are going to be visiting a lot of years in hip hop. I mean, did we
0: mention the other year that's in contention with this yet? Did we mention what the other another installment of what of what the hip hop series is going to be we and have what it will focus 47 on. Forty seven years
2: to do. So I'm I'm hype.
1: Yeah, I mean the next one we're gonna do is Steve's favorite year. My second favorite year, nineteen eighty eight. That's what's coming next. We're gonna start working on it. Steve, thank you for coming. Beam, thank you for hosting. I hope y'all enjoyed I like it. A- I hope y'all Learn something I hope y'all enjoy all these songs. Peace.
2: Peace. Bye everybody.